0: Welcome to the Zenith Podcast, where we explore a variety of topics to help us climb to the heights of humanity to be the best humans we can be. Please like and subscribe and visit zenithministries.com for more of what we offer. Hey, hey welcome to everyone. This is uh, the Zenith Ministries Podcast. We're so glad you could make it here with us. Today, uh, I'd like to introduce our topic. We're here with Ali Maroney who is just a wonderful person. We'll get to know her in a moment. And our, our topic is how to love people. And I just think Allie knows this topic really well. She's always been very loving. And ever since I met her, I think about a year ago, she's been really good at it. Uh, so I thought who of all the people I know, she would definitely be someone who could help us know how to love people. So Allie, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, just to, to get right into it, who is Allie Maroney?
1: Well, well I just want to say thank thank you so much for having me. And also thank you for that intro. Um, you know, I, I was pondering and meditating before, yeah, just before we began and like the weeks that we were like planning this and it was like, man, I feel like we need to go to confession like an hour before we have this podcast. You're but I think that... What, Yeah, and I think that it just really does speak to this, like, reality of, like, we're all, like, learners in the journey, um, Mm -hmm. and that we've never arrived until, um, you know, we meet our eternal reward, like, with the Father, Um, but just want to express the place of gratitude of just, yeah, just you thinking of me and inviting me on. Um, I'm God's daughter. That's who I am. Mm, Um, Jesus Christ changed my life uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an encounter in Eucharistic adoration Mm -hmm. that changed the whole course of my existence and uh, my mission in life is to love people into his presence and i particularly love to do that in the spanish language so that's like maybe like a flare of my charisma a flare of who i am Yay.
0: uh
1: but i love i love people and i and i i deeply desire um to awaken souls uh to the love of god and to uh facilitate uh encounters whatever that may look like it's whatever that that degree is that's a uh, that's like what I'm here on this earth to do. So that's who I am. That's, that's, that's my MO. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's a great MO, great identity. I'm so happy to hear that you recognize that about yourself and that's who you are. And that you're using your gifts for those purposes, especially speaking in Spanish, which I tried really hard to learn. i just just not good at it. I mean, I can, you know, Joe, Joe Despero, habla mas. And that's all i got <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god We're well, I, so
0: much more i'm sorry
1: <laughs> no it's well it's like just so funny i think this is a pretty common thing with people who are bilingual it's like uh when someone finds out you're bilingual they're like say something and you're just like oh like i don't <laughs> it's like this weird like moment where it's like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say but it's yeah. uh honestly it is the um it is the you know like speaking other languages like something that people put on their their resume. I know it like looks really good and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like a good bragging point. But for me, um, I, I try to seek to do things in my life that are um, the the purest gift of my heart. Mm-hmm. And I seek with people to try to invite them to, in return, give me the purest gift of their heart. Um, in an appropriate way, of course, like depending upon the people that, you know, right. Um, Mm -hmm. but in every, every relationship, every moment we can give an authentic gift of ourselves. And so I try to do that in my life and I try to encourage people to do that in their lives. And I really do feel like Spanish is that one thing in my life. Um, that is, it's not like something I have to strive to do. Um, it's just something that is just like a really authentic gift of my heart. And then in reverse, um, to be able to just simply receive people. They're, I mean, most people I'm talking to, it's like just their first language and they don't know how to speak English. Oh, um, so amazing. they're not even like thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, but it just, it feels like the most authentic, genuine interaction that I have with people. Uh, yeah. The purest gift of myself and like the purest way I can receive my neighbor. So, um, so I'm grateful. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. That's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure we could talk about this more, but let's let's get into the topic. And thinking about it, you know, how often you talk about you love witnessing the people, and working with them. How often are you around other people, and how do you how do you love them?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm around people every day. I in this season of my life, I'm, I'm working a customer service job, uh-huh. so um, I am not physically with people every day, um, uh-huh. but I am with people. Um, and I, I, work a customer service job in the medical field too. So I, I accompany people in a place where they are needing, um, a medical device and then I help them get that device. And then I make sure that device gets back to a warehouse. So I encounter people. Yeah. Like every day, but it's interesting. Cause I encounter them in a place of like, they're in like a place of need and a place of pain. Um, mm. and I have, and I, so a lot of times it's very hostile, uh, and it's just hilarious. It's like, um, it, it it just continuously baffles me um just the way that are like just that we become different people when we're in pain mm-hmm. um and so you get yeah, to see just absolutely. like all sides of people yeah. you know and so that's right now I was uh yeah that's like kind of like the current like mm-hmm. day-to-day in my ordinary life like exchanges that I have with people it's a lot of times over the phone um and it's in this like kind of like intense place where people are like, I yeah. really need this medical device because I just had surgery and I'm in a lot of pain and I don't care what UPS is doing. I need that now. Yeah. <laughs> and you are the person who knows the stuff. And I don't really know all this stuff, but I just know a little bit more stuff than they know.
0: That's beautiful. So do, are you uh, more like on the comforting side of things too, like comforting them and consoling them as they go through their hardship?
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny because um I am very much like uh very an empathetic person. Super mm-hmm. like, Absolutely. I mean, I I just talk to people all the time. Like I can't even tell you the amount of times I've just like had these like deep heart conversations with like a person I met at Walmart. Like it was just like yeah, uh, I, ask, I, I like I, liked, I have all these like incredible stories like that. And my friends, like my close friends, they're like, Okay, this is like so typical. Like, who'd you meet today? It's like kind of one of the things those ali I guess you could say. Um, and so when I first got this job, I was like, I am like kill at this. Like, I love just like listening to people, but then I noticed that, um, there was a certain degree of, um, of empathy, uh, that was needed for this job, but there's also like this place of, of steadiness Mm -hmm. and firmness that's needed. And, um, It it really has taught me a lot about the nature of God in the sense of, you know, we call like Jesus, like he is the Lion of Judah, and he's also like the Lamb of God. And and just that that harmony is met in the heart of Christ, that he has this ability to be so tender, uh, so kind, so gentle, um, but he also is his his own, his own person. He is his own being. And, um, in his empathy, he doesn't lose sight of who he is and he doesn't lose control of the situation. Like, you know, like when we're in our emotional turmoils, like God is not in emotional turmoil. He's not like biting his nails, like, Oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. what is happening? And so I like realized with my patients that if I spent too much time just kind of, um, Yeah. Just like being empathetic and not giving them uh, assurance Mm -hmm. that um, I was, maybe I didn't know all the information at that given point about where exactly this medical device is in the mail and in, in transit or whatever, or why exactly the hose that connects the wrap to their unit is leaking. Like all those things, like, I might not know the exact, like, that's going on and I'm not there with them too so I can't exactly see what's okay. going on um, but I have enough um, sense I have enough like capacity to like listen to them sure. and um, I have like the resources to be able to um, set us up to be in the direction of a solution okay. um, and so it's just so interesting and I've, I've time and time again it's just so interesting because um, sometimes it feels a little contrary to my nature um, because I just want to like sit there and just be like, oh yes, girl, cry. Like let's just let's yeah. just cry. But <laughs> then like there's this kind of like um, yeah, just like there's this place of like there's uh, the the need that's present. There's like two. Mm-hmm. There's a twofold way to address that. So I think that it's it's being able to have that that ability to ask the Lord to to give us his his heart that's harmonized and the ability to um, deeply like empathize and like grieve with people but also at the same way, like address like the heart of the matter and like really show that, uh, the present need is being taken seriously.
0: Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I love that. Pay- so basically you're paying attention to someone letting them know that, Hey, someone else under, like maybe not understands, but like recognizes your suffering. Cause I, I know I've, I've gone and prayed for with people before like at a Walmart and just the fact that like, you could tell, just the look of their face, just the fact that you know they saw someone, hey, asking about them, and like looking them mm-hmm. in the eyes, and you know noticing, hey, there's there's something going wrong with me. There's, I'm not okay, and I need I need prayers. It was just amazing to be able to be there for someone in that moment. So it's it's incredible that like that's kind of like your job. Um, but yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, too, about the place of, like, Mother Teresa, she she did, like, a talk at a prayer breakfast Mm -hmm. once, and she was talking um, about just love of neighbor and, like, the place of, Mm. like, if we don't have eyes, like, to love the person that we do see in front of Mm us, how do we expect um, to love someone that we don't see? Um, And so, basically, like, that place of we can't say that we we love God if we don't love uh, our neighbor. And one of the things that she, and and this is really like, uh, from the first book I ever read of, of mother Teresa's, uh, one heart.
0: First book Um, you ever read was mother Teresa. Wow.
1: Yes. Yes. When I was, uh, when I was 15, I picked up a book. I, it has, I've, I've kept it all these years. The cover of this, um, of this book really struck me and really moved Mm -hmm. me. And, um, I think that what I was so shocked about in reading her writings is mm-hmm. she talks about, I mean, this woman like walked, um, not walk the streets of Calcutta, right. Like saw mm-hmm. the poorest of the poor yeah. people eating, being eaten alive by bugs. Yeah. And she said that mm-hmm. the poorest of the poor are the people who don't know God. And like yeah. the people who, um, have this like starvation of love. And I, um, that is something that I, uh, have fought in my own life, like Mm -hmm. the times of like fighting against my own poverty and having to like really come to grips with the places in my own heart that it's like, yeah, like, like I'm starving for love. I'm starving for it. And I don't want to admit that sometimes because that makes me vulnerable and that makes me in need. Um, But it's like years of just meditating upon her words and her writings. It's like has opened my heart to be able to, recognize its need and then to be able to receive um that love that i i wanted all along but didn't have um yeah i had to let my my pride go to be able to to admit that i i needed to be cared for um and so i think that there's there's so much in that but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she has this like prayer breakfast video where she is talking about how um the like the the mo- one of the most poor is like the people who are seen every day but not really seen mm. um and so I think that it's yeah i I think that we that's so relatable for everybody because all of us like have these people that we interact with every day and we see them every day but do we really see them and do we really yeah. do we really try to like know them and understand them um and we can do that to different degrees with different people and we have different capacities and boundaries and 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 whatnot but but just having that kind of um awareness of of the of the glory of a soul and that Mm -hmm. that soul is a unique and unrepeatable expression of god's Mm -hmm.
0: love yeah well i love that you mentioned mother Teresa because she's like definitely how to love people she's like what (laughs) how to love people looks like you know if it was a person yes and i i base a lot of what we do you know zenith ministries off of her because i love how she, it, one of her things was she didn't care who the person was, what they believed, even if they believed like the exact opposite of what she believed in, in their faith and religion and, and whatnot. She still said, oh, well, let me serve them. What? You don't know how to read? Let me teach you how to read or you need help. Yeah. Like, I don't care what we disagree on. You're a human being that that needs love. And that just has spoken so deeply to me uh, ever mm-hmm. since Ever since like learning more about her, and I didn't read the book, but I I saw the movie uh, Letters. I think the letters yeah had, like all about her life and how she was kind of even though she, you know, had this extraordinary life, you know, her interior life while filled with prayer and, and seeking the Lord. You know, wasn't as exciting as some um, mm-hmm. would say. So she she's a hero of mine for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. And not to say that, that I understand everyone is deserving, you know, to be loved, you know, even those who, you know, aren't uh, even reciprocating it very well. But what? let's get into that. What if someone, you know, you would think uh, they don't deserve it or if they, you know, kind of are abrasive or, or rude or you know, just really, uh, really... Uh, uneasy to love difficult to love would be a better way of saying it how do you how do we love them
1: yeah you know i think that that's the the lifelong mystery that we just ponder yeah the side of the side of heaven for a lifetime Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like a place that's continually um deepened because i think that with love um it, it always i think that one of the um qualities that John Paul II talks about of mature love is that it's all, it has this generative quality um this ability to create and so this like creative nature of love um allows us like to always be um have the ability um mm-hmm. to deepen our capacity to experience love and then from that experience of love be be able to give love and so i think that first and foremost what comes to mind in the, in these places where it's hard to love. Uh, I think that for me, it's a place where I get really curious in my own heart, and I mm-hmm. and I ask myself, you know, like, what what is it here, um, in my heart, in the soil of my heart, that holds judgments and like bitter roots? Um, where is it that I have really experienced a lot of pain, mm-hmm. and that pain is is the source by which I am like experiencing. This other person, um, and so I think that I I realize immediately that it's a me problem. Like <laughs> it's a me problem, like most of the time, and not in a way that's self deprecating. In a way that like, oh, I'm just an awful person because I hear people say yeah. that all the time. Or yeah. you know, like uh, classic example is like you know you see someone um, on the street who's like begging for money, and, and people automatically like they, like talk about themselves and like oh I'm like I I really should do this or um, get in this place of being embarrassed or ashamed. And I think that in these places where it's hard for us to love or we're resistant to love or maybe we're scared to love. I think that they're really key indicators of places in our own hearts that that God really wants to love us first. And then from that experience, from uh, his secure love, um, that that is the platform that allows us to really stand on our own two feet and then walk to our neighbor and embrace our neighbor from a place of security and purity um, rather than forcing ourselves. I think that's a really common thing. It's like when you, if, if there's like a place of unforgiveness where it's difficult, mm-hmm. it's like forcing the situation to be like, Oh, well, I'm just going to like say sorry. And like just honor the fact that I'm uncomfortable and just like pretend like everything's like fine. It's like, Whoa, Whoa, like pause. <laughs> like you're missing out on this like place of really deep, like intimacy that God wants to have with you. Um, And I don't know how long that will take, you know, like it can, that could take a moment or that could take many moments. Um, But there's no timeline. I I think, I think it's more of a place of really realizing that um, we love from his, his love first, that it's, it's his love. That is, it's the source Mm -hmm. of all of our actions. Um, And then it really, it allows us like to give a deeper, more authentic gift of ourself to another.
0: It's so deep. That is profound. So, and so you're basically saying, uh, you know, go to the father, you know, ex- embrace him, experience his love, know that you are loved by him and let that love well up inside of you and pour out to others.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can even think of like, a, like, I, like I said, this, this journey, I think of loving people. Is lifelong. like It's like, it doesn't get easier. Like as yeah. years go by, if anything, like you get tested and there's more mm-hmm. difficult people that you get surrounded with and, and whatnot. But I think even recently this Lent, I was, God, um, kind I of put someone on my heart that I, um, that I had forgiven,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: but that the Lord wanted me to intentionally reach out to. And yeah. just to like, say like, you know, this happened like years ago. I know we've like kind of moved on for this. Uh-huh. Like, I, maybe I don't need to say this, but I want to say this. Uh, I want you to know, I love you. I care about you. I'm sorry this happened. And, and I, um, I wish it would have turned out different, but I want, you to know, I, I forgive you and I, I don't hold anything against you. And um, it was just so interesting because the, the moments that preceded that uh, stepping into that invitation that God gave me, it was this like really deep experience of of God's love for me mm-hmm. in a place in my own life that I was um, honestly like had a lot of fear and a lot of shame about. Yeah. And it was finally opening my heart to God in this place mm-hmm. and experiencing like his fatherly love and his presence there that it was like calling like this person that God had put on my heart. I mean, I was like nervous, like a little bit, cause it's like, yeah awkward like what if they don't answer like type deal yeah. but I I was overjoyed like it was one of those things where it was Absolutely. like I don't like this person could answer the phone and say like well I don't care if you forgive me I like loved hurting you like aha, oh, you know like yeah. they could have said whatever and I would have just been like all right like I, I'm my father's daughter like my my God loves me in this like deep place um that I didn't even know how to love myself um, mm, yeah, and I bet you're there too, buddy. Like, but <laughs> I want, you to know, that I love you because, uh, I know yeah. if I, if I am, uh, in a, in a, source and in a light, uh, of God's own divine life, like in this world, that, that, that light will cast out the darkness yeah. one way or another. Absolutely. Um, so, yes.
0: So it's a, it's a lifelong journey. It's not like a moment of like, let me recharge in the father's love, but it's, uh, yeah. continually knowing and going to him and, and being filled by him. Because I just I hear you talk about you know knowing your identity in the Father and it's really His love that you're showcasing to people and and so I'm just you know trying to you know discover more like so is it because you hear of Saint Damien who of Malachi who hated the smell of the lepers he was serving and he would just he would just kind of white knuckle it and go and, and serve them um so I, I you know there could be a lot of that too but it's it's deeper and and better and more fruitful when it you find it in the father's love that stems from the lord
1: mm. yeah you know i think that there um you know uh, I am a, a big, big fan um, of of work of Dr. Bob Schutz. Um, oh, I, yeah. I work for the John Paul II Healing Center, and um, oh, awesome. I, I just love that that ministry. And I just finished um, his I,
0: book, "Be Healed," just today. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's so it's uh, yeah. it's one of those books that like it's it's simple, but it's uh-huh. like it's profoundly simple and simply profound. I forget what arrangement of those two words, but yeah. it's profound and simple. It's basic, I but like it. it's, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I forget the arrangement of those words. But I yeah, I think that one of the things is that um, a lot of times when we look at like these examples of like the saints who like loved so radically, like yeah. St. Damien of Molokai, uh, Mother Teresa, um, just these, St. Francis of Assisi, like just these different like mm-hmm. saints who just loved people and love the poor and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just it, put themselves in very uncomfortable mm-hmm. situations. I, I really do, um, believe that there is, um, like Dr. Bob will talk about this place of like security, um, secu- security, maturity, and purity. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think that there's just this, this flow and like natural progression in the spiritual life mm-hmm. of when we are living in relationship with God that through the difficulties of our life,
0: mm-hmm. he
1: purifies our love to be able to reveal to us our true intentions,
0: Yeah,
1: um, to show us like where we are um, performing works out of a place of striving to earn our belovedness um, versus places where we are, we are loving because we know that we are the beloved and it's a, yeah. it's a natural mm-hmm. gift of who we are. And over time that, that, that matures and that gives us like a sense of security so that no matter what we're facing on the exterior, we, our hearts are firmly planted in the hands of the father and, and giving us, and it's not that we're, we're invincible according to like the earth's standards in the sense of like, we never experience any difficulty. Um, Everything is not roses and butterflies, Mm -hmm. but there's this interior uh, reality of, of experience of, of God's love is so real and it is so alive and and it is so tangible that although I experience this depth of suffering, that the, the kingdom of God is so alive in my heart as it is in heaven. And that gives me the strength that I need to to pick up this, this person, um, who's being eaten alive, like bugs, like mother Teresa did, or to serve the lepers like St. Damien did, um, you know, like to do all of these like heroic acts, these, these great acts of the mm. martyrs, right? Like all these amazing, amazing yeah. saints. It's like, they lived that, that reality, um, in a very interior way that was not seen by the people of the world, but was seen by God. And all of those little moments of their lives where. um, they were they were asked to make little sacrifices. They were asked to bear little annoyances, little crosses. But they took those crosses and they took those to the Lord. And in those those acts, God mm-hmm. gave them this this encounter with his love. And then they were able to be vessels um, just like Our Lady uh, to bring yeah, Christ yeah. forth into the oh, world yeah. again and again. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what and what is is that? Uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux, like to love someone is to bear their, uh, you know, their annoyances, their flaws, Mm -hmm. you know, to bear them well, uh, Mm -hmm. and really kind of put up, yeah, like, you know, just overlook, if you will, and just keep in mind, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, a delicious cut of meat myself, you know, I don't know if anyone has ever said that phrase before ever, (laughs) but I just said it, you know, so I'm not... You know, I'm not a warm glass of milk. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of uh, ways to say it. But you know, just kind of keep in mind that everyone is imperfect. Everyone is, you know, sometimes struggling. People have highs and lows in life, and just keep in mind, you know, in a humble way, like we're all, as G.K. Chesterton said, we're all in the same boat and we're all seasick, right? We're all you know mm-hmm. on the same team, looking for the same goal, and. And to really, you know, try to rec- do all the the holy things that you said, which you put so well, uh, in order to to bear each other's burdens and allow those those burdens to sanctify us and and really love. And yeah. I think I think your story and how you, it, was, it was so eloquent and perfect that I'm not going to try to repeat it because it was so good.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think too one of the things I noticed in my own heart is uh, the the tendency. Um, like we talk a lot about identity; it's like such a mm-hmm. huge buz- buzzword, um, but it's also like so important. So I don't want it to become a cliche. Um, mm-hmm. But it really, like I, it really does come down to that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I notice is like um, my my gut tendency that I uh, am constantly working at with God is to not assign like um a a behavior that someone exhibits to the whole of who they are
0: absolutely um yeah and that's
1: not and that's not to mm-hmm. say that um we should not have boundaries boundaries yeah. are really good and absolutely. I just just want to mm-hmm. plug the boundaries book to everybody read the boundaries book if you don't know what I'm talking about google it and listen google to Dr. The like just okay. yeah It's great. Um, and I, I, boundaries are really important. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm not, uh, I think that a lot of times, like when we talk about like this concept of, uh, yeah, like loving our neighbor, this like huge topic in our faith, I think that we often like go from like one extreme to the other, to to the other. And kind of like I was saying earlier with like Christ shows us perfect harmony in that he is the lion of Judah Mm -hmm. and also the lamb that was slain. Um, and I think that he, he really shows us like how to walk in those, in those two, kind of the two extremes that we're often presented with. Um, but I, I do notice this like tendency of, you know, how easy is it to, when someone is behaving poorly in a moment um, to assign that as the whole of who they are. Um, yeah. and, and just like what you're saying, like bearing like the annoyances of people um, mm-hmm. to be able to really just like, say like, yeah, like, I'm going to, this is an opportunity for me to show to you extraordinary grace here and to choose to see you uh, for who you really are, whether I tell you or not, like, you know, some a lot of these times, like, it's just like interior realities. We live with the Lord,
0: yeah. um,
1: but, you know, just having, refusing to allow the enemy um, to change our eyes um to see our neighbor as if they are uh yeah the sum of their sins um wow. and, I, and i think we see this like so like in the garden it's like gosh it's like adam like looks at eve one moment she's bone of his bone flesh of his flesh like hallelujah lord like i don't know if adam said hallelujah but <laughs> i thought he did when he saw eve <laughs> i thought <bet, laughs> yeah. I bet, I bet he was like saw so he was like dang yeah. What a woman, like right? And then, like the next moment, it's like original sin happens. It's like this woman that you put here, Lord, yeah, you know, wow. and, and just like yeah. that, that we flip like quick. that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I always like, and and it's because of the nature of like that sin. um Sin is like a shroud that um, that that clouds our vision and, and inhibits yeah. us from seeing things clearly. Mm-hmm. And so we need the Spirit of God to uh, purify our hearts and to open our hearts to see, um, see as the father sees. Um, and that's why Jesus tore the veil, right? Like that Jesus was yes. that bridge between humanity and the father, um, to, to allow us to kind of bridge those gaps. So I think that's something that I'm always, uh, yeah, working on in my life, uh, mm-hmm. to be able to, in that moment, Even if it's like for a brief moment, like I'm on the phone with a customer and they hang up on me, like to choose in that moment to stop and say, that's a beloved child or creation of God. I don't know if they're baptized at this moment, but that is a, that is one of God's creation. And I, and I believe that by the blood of Jesus Christ, that this, this life has the capacity to bring forth divine life in a way that I cannot because. Cause they are a unique and unrepeatable creation. Yeah. They're a unique and unrepeatable expression of God's love and mm. to really hold hope for that. And to really grieve that deeply whenever people don't behave in that way, mm. because ultimately that's, that's what God experiences in his own heart. When we sin is he sees our pain. Um But he, he behold, he never um he never says forsakes us and, and says that we are, mm that's it. Like you're, you're done being a child. Like yeah. that's, that's not his heart. Um, so to try to ask the Holy spirit, to give us the grace, um, yeah, just to, to maintain that purity of heart and to see, see people the way that the father sees us.
0: Yeah. And that, that's so beautiful because what, what you're talking about is showing people mercy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what that's doing is you're, you're bringing good out of, you know, we all we, say the word evil, but you know, it might not be, it just might be someone's being mean, or they're angry, but, and I think it's in, in JP2's Divas and mm-hmm. Check the pronunciation of that, but, uh, uh, you yeah, know, rich and mercy is the English. And he, he says that like, just be merciful as our heavenly Father is merciful is, is to bring good out of bad or to take a bad situation and bring good out of it. So you do that by turning to the person and thinking of this is, you know, someone who's, who is knit by God in their mother's womb, who has you know, tremendous value, not because of what they do, but because of the fact that they exist. That You know, if they turn to God right now, they would have heavenly glory, you know, when, you know, after they pass from his life. And so, you know, as C.S. Lewis talked about how, you know, your neighbor, the one who's right next to you, you know, a hundred years from now is either going to be the most, you know, beautiful creature you've ever seen or one of the most, Horrendous, but like that potential for that beauty of being filled with mm-hmm. God and, and heavenly glory is enough to, to give pause and, and, and awe of anyone who, you know, has breath in it. Well, anyone, really. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I love how you recognize that in people and and show them mercy. Uh, and because that is authentic mercy and authentic love. But we see in, in our culture today that there's a lot of confusion as to, to what love is, what would you say are some things that our society are, com- are confusing uh, for love?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, like I, I said earlier, I think that there's just this huge identity crisis that's, that's mm. happening in our, in our culture. That's just a hot, hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeming to be something that we're deeply pondering as a people Mm -hmm. And a place that we seem to be deeply grieving as a people. And I think that ultimately all these places where we have these confusions about identity, where we, um, I think ultimately it's like where we are confusing um, these places where we have deep desire and deep longing, Mm -hmm. and we are um, letting that momentary um, experience of desire and longing um, tell the whole story when I really think that a lot of these places where we manifest um, maybe like uh, unhealthy coping um, skills where where we, you know, whether it be, you know, addiction, lust, um, even like people just have a habitual habit of like gossiping and whatnot, um, you know, decisions that we're making with our sexual lives, like all of those things. I think that um, those are symptoms of like a deeper sickness In our Mm -hmm. hearts where we've been deprived of love and Mm -hmm. i think that ultimately ultimately it's a place of like i think that from Mm -hmm. the beginning of the our existence Mm -hmm.
0: uh, the existence
1: of life in the womb that we have Mm -hmm. forgot how sacred life is and i think you know today just today when we're recording this in the news that it was it was leaked that there that roby wade um yeah, I God saw healing, it We overturned. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that that speaks, yeah, there's just this, like this from the very beginning of life beginning um, that it's under attack and that we have, like as Mother Tree said, uh, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Oh, I love that. And this, this, Amen. Yeah, this, yeah, this place from even from the start where a human life is like conceived, the safest place is supposed to be the mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And we have so lost the, yeah, just like our our understanding of mm-hmm. of men, of of women, um, and ultimately like our deep identity as a beloved child of God. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say that there, and um, John Paul II talks about too, I forget, in which, maybe it's like something, Threshold of Hope, I forget the title, the I'm not going to quote things. Yeah. yeah, Across the Threshold of Hope, that's that it. That's a good book. Um, uh, yeah, he talks about that the chief uh, mm-hmm. attack of original sin is that it seeks to abolish the fatherhood of God. And so I think that it's mm-hmm. like just overall, like that's where like the, these places where we could talk about many facets um, and expressions of where the culture has confused love and like yeah. it's just totally Something messed Alice it up, it, right? right. Yeah. You know, but I I think that immediately like that's what it comes. That's where where my mind goes to at the beginning is that we we have forgotten where we belong. We don't we don't know whose we we are, whom we are. And I think yeah. that that from that place, it's like anything goes. It's mm-hmm. just like the enemy is not like he doesn't he doesn't play fair. Like you know, like yeah. he's just out for destruction. That's it. Yeah. Like there's no there's no rules to this game. It's open season, and he's just out for the uh, terror destruction of souls. Um, so all of these things that we see these manif- these manifestations and what and whatnot. It's like, yeah, this is uh, these are a, a people who are longing for a dad, and mm-hmm. they have um, they're in captivity by the father of lies.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I love how you you know, point out that it's it's a it's a desire for love and. I mean I've worked with people, you know, struggling with, with pornography addiction. And you know, I've always thought, oh, yeah, it's because you know they want to be loved and that's why they seek that out. But then you, you're pointing out that it's it's all addictions. It's all it's mm-hmm. all sin. All these things that we do is really just a grab at love. We're trying to make ourselves feel loved, um, which is a, which is more than just a feeling. Like there is definitely lots of good feelings when, it, when you're loved, when you feel loved by someone, especially the father, but, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we kind of get, we harp on feeling good as being loved. Um, but I've also noted too, that people with addictions, I, I personally, you know, have struggled horrendously with addictions in my life. And I've noticed that people with addictions always have tremendously big hearts, and I've always thought that, you know, they come to the world with this big heart to love the world, and then the world just doesn't match it. And they feel they feel so devastated that they have to find something to match their love, and only the extreme, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it, amazing feelings of drugs and alcohol uh, can match it. And that's how they, that's why it's so easy to get hooked on, because they, they hurt so badly, but then this this kind of is a, Is a, uh, what's it called? Like a a false love that they're feeling, this false feeling of themselves that really Mm. is poisoning them, uh, tearing them apart, and opening them up to even more, being even more captive. uh, Yeah. The enemy father of lies.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Christopher West and uh, Theology of the Body Institute, they do, I've never taken one of their courses. Um, they have amazing courses from what I've heard. I've just heard read a lot too. from them, cool. read a ton from them. They're mm-hmm. so great. Um, and I know some people who work there who are just really phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, children of God, just serving the Lord in, in big ways. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they, they talk about in, in their courses and whatnot is the ways that we, as a people handle desire that we have, we really have three options we, when we experience like a longing or a desire, we experience ache, we can either indulge the desire and let that desire run rough shot over our lives. So examples of that are, are like you mentioned, like people who have um, struggles with substances, pornography, um, sex, like control, like, you know, what, whatever, whatever happened, it's an indulge in that desire and letting that desire mm-hmm. control and run our lives. The second option equally is toxic different manifestation is to deny desire and say that it doesn't exist so Mm. this would be uh like living it with with hearts that are hardened and stony that say i don't i don't have feelings at all that feelings Mm. are all bad anything that you do feel is just like you know people will have this this uh maybe disgust with feelings and sentimentality um and, and I really do think that God offers uh, the solution in his son, Jesus, because yeah. Jesus showed us so beautifully in the way that he lived his life, this harmonious balance of being able to take the love from his, this desire for love, um, and to express it in a way that was ordered. So there were times where Jesus was so filled with zeal for his father's house that he took a pair of cords and he drove money changers out of the temple because yeah. he was so about his father's business. He's so in love with his father, yeah. And he expressed it in this, this, uh, this aggressive, this, this. Um, and I don't mean aggressive in a the, in the negative connotation. I mean yeah. it in this very bold, determined, like mm-hmm. fierce way. But at the same time, you also see Jesus, like. And in, in the in the story of the passion, which we just meditated meditated upon um through this Lenten season in Holy Week, yeah. is he's with Pontius Pilate and Pontius Pilate is kind of like provoking him and being like, Don't you know I could like get you out of this? And he's yeah. like, Not he doesn't say anything. He allows us to crucify him, right? So it's like yeah. Jesus like shows um, us in this, like in these like two examples, like this uh-huh. place of like Jesus was never out of control or out of touch with his desires in these moments. And he kind of, sh- but he shows us like the way in which to live them out in a way that's not um, destructive or dishonoring to, to the father and to who we are and mm-hmm. how to move in a place uh, of calling um, to be able to give a true gift of ourself in the different ways in which we experience emotion. Um, and, and emotion is really my, my spiritual director calls, our, our emotions are nerve endings. Like they kind mm-hmm. of like, they give us this, this sense and they give us a sense of where our souls are in proximity to God. And really? when we experience that place of like deep ache and like angst, uh-huh. it's telling us how we are receiving God approaching us. And are, are we, are we able to receive like that love of God that's with us? And, and if not, why what's going on you know. in me? That's preventing me from experiencing that. Or sometimes like we kind of feel numb to God and Mm -hmm. we like feel numb about life. We're like, just whatever. It's like, I'm just going through motions, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And God shows us how, how to bring our hearts alive again. So I think that um, in, in these places, it's, it's this, this continual um, being able to experience, feel the burn, feel the burn in our hearts for, for a longing for more, because we were made for more. We are made for more. And then knowing that, that God is not afraid of that burn. Uh, that God wants that that place to to burn in a way that is going to reveal the light uh, of God to a world that's in much darkness.
0: That's so true. I love that. Feel the burn. Nice. Yeah. The new motto for Zenith Ministries. Oh, I think. Yeah. It's already taken by Bernie Sanders. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he might sue me. I don't know if he does that, but. Um, so all that to say, and I think, you know, I think you kind of segued perfectly to this next point because, you know, can there be a block, you know, that people have, you know, who, who they feel the burn, but it's, it's through some, it's, it's not through God. It's they're they their, their, they feel the burn and they seek to, to fill that ache for God with other things. I say ache, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. It's really desire. Um, mm-hmm. So they fill with other things and, you know, then it makes them more selfish, you know, and and selfishness breeds misery, which, you know, it's like a never ending cycle of, of misery. Um, how, what, what causes that? And, and how can, and how can we help people uh, authentically love others who are, who are struggling in that?
1: Yeah. Well, I think first I, I, I am not an expert, <laughs> and I am not God. And oh, so, I go. think that having that this this realization um, every day of our intense need for God and mm-hmm. realizing it in our own lives and being able to experience mm-hmm. uh, just just that, being able to be needy for for Him and to be able to to be like a little child. Um, to be totally oh, dependent yeah. upon God,
0: yeah. and
1: to experience that dependency, and when one strikes so deep into the human heart, they find the will of God, and in that place, I think that God is the teacher who shows us how to love, mm-hmm. and so I think in these places where we experience um, loved ones who, yeah, are making are making decisions that are disordered and that are cutting them off. Um, from, from grace, um, from being able to receive God's love in full. I think it's being able to, one, notice how that, that affects our hearts, let God minister to our hearts in that place, um, never stop praying for, yes. for souls, like mm-hmm. interceding, going to battle for people um, in prayer, um, and then three, like really living in the present moment of every interaction that you have with that person, mm-hmm. and asking the Lord to inform you how it's never how am I to love? It's how are we to love? How are we to love yeah. your Lord? And mm-hmm. then letting the Good Shepherd um, guide guide us in all of our in all of our efforts and everything that we do.
0: Amen, amen. And you also know a lot about inner healing, or at least you have. I've worked with people with inner healing a lot as well. How would that, how does that come into play with this? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the inner healing you've done or what you you have experienced?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that, um, yeah, I think that I I really just come to, to this present moment um, from a place of just being being really sick myself hmm. um there's Thanks. that song oh, uh, run run to the yeah it's like no. join the club no. um and i and i i have i've gotten to accompany people in um in different different degrees of struggle and and, and um people with addiction and their stories and and one of the things that i i, ju- I just love being around people who are on, on the healing path on the recovery journey because one of the things i've noticed um, it's just like the place of, uh, like I said at the beginning with that quote from Mother Teresa that I discovered at 15 of the greatest spiritual poverty that she experienced was poverty in like the first world of people who did not know God and who lacked love. And I think that one of the things I realized, um, just as I behold uh, the, the struggles of, of my neighbor, of, of people in the world. Is that some people have more sophisticated and socially acceptable coping coping mechanisms than others. Yeah. And I think that in my own life for a long time, I, I hid behind being a a high achiever, a high performer, um, a good speaker, good grades. Um, yeah. Like on the surface, like you're a typical, like good kid. Um, and I think that it was like years of just mm-hmm. denying that I actually was in a lot of pain and like had a lot of need that really kept kept me from living in the fullness of like my own identity
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a as a child of God. And so I think that for me, I've I've really been on a very very intentional healing journey for for four years now of just really deeply sitting in like a cocoon of prayer <laughs> with the Lord and just really trying to um not, not heal myself in the sense of like, get rid of all of my wounds and all of my problems and all of my imperfections, yeah. um, but to really understand like the context of my story and yeah. to really understand where I come from, um, why I do the things that I do, because I think that what I, what I came to and what I realized in my own life was that like, when I would go to confession that like, I mean, I went every... I, and I still go every, every first Saturday, like, you know, I, I, I did all the devotions. I, I never had a problem with that kind of stuff, um, after my conversion, um, to the faith. And, um, but what I realized is like, and and God's been deepening this for me over the course of like years. And, and even this like past, like Easter, just like really given a lot of more fruit where I was like, dang, I didn't even know this endless well of, of beauty and goodness just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I realized that, like, when I would say sorry, like to God, that that I wasn't sorry, like, for hurting this person that I loved, mm-hmm. like that I was. It was more of like a place of like I like I felt bad that I like I did something wrong. I was kind of embarrassed. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I like
1: probably shouldn't have done that. I don't want to be a bad person.
0: Yeah.
1: And I kind and I God really convicted me like four years ago of like this place of like. It's not, it's not just about like being like mm-hmm. a bad or like a good person. Like I'm like standing right in front of you and I love you mm-hmm. and I really want to be close to you. And, you. and these things like in your life that, that you're like that you're resisting to look at, that those are like, those are things that keep you from me and that's why I'm grieved is because I want to be really close to you. And it was kind of mm-hmm. one of those moments where I was like, <laughs> like it was like before it was like I was in a room talking to myself and I, and it was I realized that my confessions were selfish they were more for for my own ego and my own pride mm-hmm. Um and it was really like that radical like shift mm-hmm. to really want because I knew that I had experienced God in a really real yeah. way like I had a mm-hmm. real encounter with God and I knew that he was real and I knew that like I knew that he, like there was more that that experience, like I wanted that to be like a real experience for mm-hmm. all of my life and not just in this like feelings fluttery way, but that I wanted to do life with God mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. a deeper way. And I, I, I would that. say that that is ultimately inner healing is being able to have union and communion with like the very life of God with Jesus Christ with our own life here on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And, and I think that ultimately every experience that I've had of um, like we talk about like inner healing prayer, that's it's maybe more of a, a deeper time of, of focused prayer to really dive into specific struggles and sins and, and strongholds in our heart that are um, keeping our hearts hardened and not softening mm-hmm. our hearts to be able to receive grace. Um, but all and all of those experiences are ultimately to allow us to have this like deeper experience of union and communion with Christ. And then to teach us how to live that in the day to day. And, and Mm -hmm. you can, you can talk about this. I'm not married. um, So you can talk about this in a different way, Thomas, but like, it's almost, it's, it's being in this, this deep relationship with the bridegroom of learning how to like code, like to live with one another and ultimately like that's our that's our call. Like we're made like for marriage with God in heaven, to yeah. all of us, no matter what our vocation yeah. is. Amen. You know? Sure. And mm-hmm. and so it's like I'm sure that you had to go through a adjustment period with your wife, you know, where it's like you're not you're like you're not just living in the same house. Mm. Um, but you're no, learning she's actually how perfect. to
0: perfect. Like- We've had no issues, <laughs> not even one fight. No, I'm kidding.
1: but you know like to do that like like to live life with one another and like to really be like okay like this person is gonna like live we're gonna like do life together and we're gonna be really committed to to not like living in silos and like checking in every once in a while but we 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 go together we cut together we like we do this thing together and I think that that's ultimately like the work of inner, the lifelong work of inner healing, where we learn how to unite our life with like with the life of Christ, and we we put them on the altar with Him, and then we allow the Father to raise us up in glory to reach heights beyond our wildest imaginations.
0: Amazing! That was perfect. Uh, well, we could go on and on and on, but uh, I think I think that's a good place to to stop. But that was awesome. Thank you so much. Ali, that was so good. You are very advanced and in, in, uh, beyond your years and knowing what what how to love people and, and how to really treat them well and what to how to properly view them. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us, everything that you have. Um, you'd mentioned to me too that there's a little project that you have been working on that I checked out earlier today. I thought it was fantastic. I'll definitely... Be using it more, but can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you've been involved in?
1: Yes, yes. Well, I, I, I first wanted to say thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Thomas. And, oh, please. Yeah, I absolutely. am. A, yeah, every I'm my, my dad's kid. My father is, is uh, the source of everything in my life. So I just want to um, give credit where credit's due is that everything is grace, you know. Um, and by God's grace, I've gotten to be involved with this uh, wonderful project with a ministry called Cathopic. Um, it's C-A-T-H-O-P-I-C. Uh, and basically it is a ministry that is devoted to revealing God through beauty and specifically beauty displayed in digital media. And so a lot of people, especially like in the social media age, we're familiar with stock photos, which are high resolution photos that you use for anything and everything. And a lot of times with like digital marketing or like with like yeah. your cool oh, Canva sure. designs mm-hmm. and stuff like that um and most of the major sites that are out there um i don't want to mention names because i don't know if that's like legally allowed but you you can fill in the blank most stock websites they are run by secular companies um which we we love our brothers and sisters in all parts of the world um but in those in those different organizations they stand for different things um that are not like according to the truths of our faith and they don't reveal an authentic beauty and so was really. Um, created out of a desire like to authentically reveal um, photos and images and, and digital resources um, that uh, represent um, the beauty of God and can serve as a, an aid to ministries, parishes, individuals, Catholics, and in all of their evangelization efforts so as to awaken souls um, to the glory and the love of God. And so you can download free high resolution photos from Catholic.com. And Mm -hmm. so I just, beauty has been a a profound, uh, this is my definition of beauty. So if anyone is quoting things, (laughs) quote me, this is the Holy spirit inspired through the mouth of Valley. Um, St. Augustine says that, um, beauty is the splendor of truth. I take that a step further. And I say that beauty is the splendor of truth, which woos the heart unto the goodness of God. And I think that beauty has this uh, as a transcendental has this amazing quality of um, speaking a secret language to the heart to let the heart know that what is actually true is true and what is actually good is good. And so Uh I love this this platform because it's a space for us to uh, encounter the beauty of God through awesome photos and come September that we're going to be launching a third version of the site. To include wow. videos and illustrations. Oh, um, so, in adi- so in addition, if you are a videographer or a, an illustrator or a photographer, um, contact Cathapik. You can contact Thomas and he can give you my contact information. And we would love for you to contribute to the site because I love giving space to creative people to be able to share their gifts because I don't possess those, but <laughs> I want to shine a light on you and let you shine.
0: Perfect. Very <laughs> so cool. So
1: cathapik.com. Yeah
0: can you say it one more time? Sorry. dot Cathopic.com. Uh-huh. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Ali. It's really good to see you again. Uh, prayers for you and your new project and your work. And hope you can stop by again sometime. It'd be great to have you on again.
1: Yeah, we'd love to. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a good day. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. Please stay tuned for future podcasts, and for more information, please visit zenithministries.com.